Hey, church family. Happy New Year. Hey, good morning, church family. Happy New Year and may 2021 be a blessed year. Hey, Ben. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Andrew. Hey, Ben, what are we both doing here? You know what? I'm here to reveal the secret sauce for the power of God. What about you? Okay, I can't wait. I'm here just to amen you, brother. Amen, amen. Uh, Our recipe for this morning is to start with some Chinese food and then to add some Korean hot spicy sauce. Um, Ben, that's you. Amen. Okay. Um, Hey, Ben, but before we go there, what did you do for New Year's? You want to just let us all know what you did? You know, our family played this Korean stick game called Yutnori and uh, ate rice cake dumpling soup, which is called Tukguk, Tukmandukuk. And we drank apple cider. And believe it or not, we slept at 12.01. So, so you guys were like, Happy New Year! And you gave your wife a kiss and then you went to bed. Exactly. All right, that's cool. I'll tell you what we did. We did hot pot. Boom. That's how you do it, right? And then Christopher did a magic show. It was awesome. Oh, wow. And then I uh, had some time, so I crashed a young adult Zoom party, unannounced. How'd that go? Uh, I think they're going to take me off of their mailing list. But um, it was fun. It was fun. It was great to see them. <laughs> um, okay. Ben, we're going to see you in a little bit, right? Exactly. All right. I'll see you later. All right. Um, Hey, everyone, aren't you glad to say goodbye to 2020? Like, like honestly, right? Um, so I know the scripture says that we're called to be thankful in all circumstances, but the scriptures also teach us to be honest. And if we can just be honest for a second, 2020 was just, was just an awful year, right? And so it feels really good to say goodbye to it. And so there is a new year ahead, and so there's new hope, and there's new promise, and there's new dreams, and there's new goals, right? So it's an opportunity just to hope again. And so um, in this new year, it's like this is the time when people are most open to new possibilities of spiritual growth. And so I wanted to take advantage of this moment and give you a couple recommendations, okay? give you a couple recommendations. Now, in February, we have a four-week series based on Tim Keller's book on prayer. Guess what the book is called? It's called Prayer. Okay, but it's called Prayer Experiencing the Awe and the Intimacy of God. Now, if I had just one book to recommend on prayer, it would be the Bible. But if I had to recommend a second book on prayer, I think it would uh, be this one right here. Uh, by the way, this is because I, anyways, I gave my copy to someone. But anyway, okay, <clears throat> this book is a masterpiece combination of articulate Bible teaching, profound insight, and practical application. And so for the new year, how about improving your prayer life? All right, now let's talk about Lent. In the beginning of March, we plan to go through another book. Uh, the series is going to be based on another book, and it's written by David Platt, my man, David Platt, and it's called Follow Me. You all, you all see that? All right. Now, this is a sequel to his first book called Radical. 
Um, David Platt is like strong coffee. You, you, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so for all the people who feel like it's hard to be devote, a devoted uh, Christian in the Bay Area, because there's so much comfort and so much distraction, you know, like how do we, how do we follow Christ in the Bay Area? Man, if you're wondering that question, this book is for you. It is a prophetic call to live wholeheartedly for the purposes of God. So follow me, and that's coming in Lent. Okay, really excited about what we have planned for February and March and beyond. Uh, I would have you consider picking up one of these books and going through them personally, but check this out. Even better, go through it together with your home group. So on Sundays, you get like teaching, and then in home group, you get discussion and more teaching, and it's just going to go deeper and be reinforced. How about it? Let's go, okay? All right, that's February and March. Now, uh, why don't we talk about January? Um, during this January series, our teaching team wanted to do a little bit of dreaming, we wanted to do a little bit of dreaming. So we're calling this first series in January, Dreams for CLC. Dreams for CLC. Because right now is an exciting time for our church. Um, we are interviewing new candidates. Um, we are asking questions like, who are we as the church and uh, where are we going as a church and, and who do we want to become when we grow up, right? And so it's this really important, exciting season of prayer and soul searching and conversations. And from this conversation with God and with each other, these dreams are coming forward. And so we wanted to share some of these dreams with you. Now, two weeks from now in this series, Calvin is going to talk about emotional health. And then later in the series, Caitlin is going to talk about what it means for our church to make a difference in the world. And then next week, um, we're going to have Pastor Eric come for a second time and preach from the dream that God has put in his heart for ministry. Okay, so that's um, next week and the weeks after that and February and March. And so um, that's where we're going. I'm pretty excited about it. We're going to be praying for the church. You know, let's never waste a pandemic uh, shelter in place opportunity, right? Let's never waste a crisis. Um, this is an opportunity for greater intimacy, for greater leaning into God. And that, that's, let's go. Okay, what do you say? Let's go. Um, all right. Um, but, but okay, that's all future. Uh, let's talk about today. Let's talk about today. What are we doing today? Now, Ben and I are going to talk about a dream that we both share for Christian Lehman Church. Um, notice that this series is not called, you know, vision for CLC. We call it dream. I think if we call it vision, it would sound more like a mandate. It sounds like you have no choice. This is what we're going to do. 
The dream is more like, it's more invitational. It's more like, let's get together and just, you know, say, wouldn't it be so cool if dot, 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 you know? Or wouldn't you love to be a part of a church that does, you know, this? And, and, and with these dreams, hey, some people might disagree, but hopefully these dreams are going to pull us into a conversation and we're all going to grow together, okay? So here's the dream. You all ready for the dream? Here's what Ben and I dream together for our church. We dream of CLC as a place where Jesus is proclaimed and the Holy Spirit is moving with tremendous power. We dream of a CLC as a place where Jesus proclaimed and the Holy Spirit is moving with tremendous power. Okay, now let me clarify. When I say Jesus proclaimed, I'm not just talking about the pulpit. Um, now, granted, our examples for today, the illustrations are going to mostly be around the pulpit. But when we say preach Jesus, we're not, we're talking about every opportunity to share faith and to teach God's word. So we're talking one-on-one or when you're with a small group or when you're mentoring someone or counseling, or even when you're writing an email, it's whenever you are sharing faith and teaching God's word. Okay. So Ben and I are big believers in this dream that we're talking about today. And the, the passage that we chose, um, which is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, is a passage that Tim Keller, uh, one, of, one, of, one of the Bible teachers that I respect, you know, um, he calls this passage the definitive passage on how we share faith and teach God's word. And so Ben and I are like this, this you know, two, two weeks ago, we're studying this passage together and and. And two ideas kind of popped out. Two ideas popped out, okay? The first idea is this. It's the simplicity of our message. We preach Christ. The second idea that came from this passage is the power for that message. It's from the Holy Spirit. Okay, so here we have two ideas. The message about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're, we're talking, we're talking, and all of a sudden we realize, oh my gosh, these two ideas are connected. And so the, the connection between these two ideas became our main idea for today's um, uh, uh, passage, which is this. Here it is. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, then preach Jesus. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit, then preach Jesus. Now, I got, I got to say this. I'm going to be totally honest with you, okay? This idea is so counterintuitive. Because, because whenever I preach, and this is just me being totally real, I always feel like I don't have enough. Now, yeah, maybe it's an insecurity. Well, it totally is an insecurity, but... I always feel like I don't have enough, you know, like I need more. I need more charisma. Okay. Uh, I, I need to speak more calmly. I need a better voice. I need more awesome stories. I need a funny joke. I need a funny joke to get people's attention. You know, I, I need more. That's, I always feel that 
when I come to the pulpit, when it's time to preach God, I just like, oh, I need more. And the passage that we're going in today doesn't seem to be saying that you need more. In a sense, it's kind of saying, actually, you know what you really need? You need less. All right, now let's go through this and I'll show you what Paul means by this. And okay, here, here's the deal. I'm going to take the first two verses. Ben's going to come back. He's going to take the next three verses. Then I'm going to come back and do one round of application. And then Ben will come back and do a second round of application. And then we're done. Okay. All right. Um, this is it. First Corinthians chapter two, um, beginning in verse one. This is Paul speaking. And I, when I, Paul, came to you, brothers, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, now look at verse one. Paul says, when I came to you, I didn't come with lofty speech or wisdom. Lofty speech or wisdom. What does he mean by that? Now, at first glance, you're thinking, well, Paul must mean like using great logic or like really smart arguments or really profound concepts. I mean, isn't that what lofty speech means? There's like, no, 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 no. Wait a, wait a moment. Have you ever read the book of Romans? The book of Romans is all about sound logic and really great arguments and profound concepts. Okay, so Paul cannot mean that. So then Paul, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Now, if you take a closer look at the context of the church and the culture, what he means, I think, is this. It's like Paul saying, when he's saying, I didn't use lofty, he's saying, I didn't use the force of my personality in my preaching. And he's like, you know, I wasn't like really funny or like super dynamic or super charismatic, you know? I, I didn't come having these like great jokes, I, I guess would be a, a, a paraphrase of the paraphrase. You know, I didn't, I didn't have like these powerful emotional stories or use the weight of my dynamic personality, which is really interesting because in the American church, we seem to value that in our speakers. But Paul's like, no, that's not me. That's not what I did. Okay, and then you're leaning in and going, okay, then Paul, what did you do? What did you do? And he goes, I decided, no, keep in mind, this is Paul the apostle. He's planted churches. He is like the man, okay? The man that God has used in such a powerful power. Here's, here's the secret sauce. He goes, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Wow. <laughs> really? Is that, is that the secret? Paul's like, hey, I just kept it simple. I just kept it so simple. I kept, I kept the main thing, the main thing. It was about Jesus Christ. And it was about why he died on the cross, that God sacrificed his own life out of love to save us from our sins. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I had. No. Um, but okay, now let's lean in. Now, now look at how he phrased this. He said, he said, 
I said, I decided to do nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. But look at those two words. For I decided. Let me hear you say, I decided. It, it seems like Paul is saying, look, I decided, which means we all have to make a decision. Because there's a lot of things that you could talk about. And believe me, Paul was a very well-learned man, okay? He sat at the feet of Gamaliel, which is like going to Stanford. It's the Stanford of our day. Yes, I said that, okay? Now, Paul could talk about anything. But imagine Paul and say, no, 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 I decided. I'm not going to bury the headline. I'm not going to talk about something else that people might find more engaging, I decided to keep the main thing, the main thing, because you know why? The main thing has the power of God for salvation. I'm not leaving it. I'm not going off course. I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing, and my main thing, the main thing is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Church, can I get an amen? Ben, can, no, Ben, don't appear on the screen and just amen me, but I, I trust you, you're going to do that, like, on your own screen. All right, I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to hand it over to Ben. Uh, two years ago, I was preaching for the Easter service. Now, normally what I do is I'll have at least one person look at my manuscript and give me feedback. It's much less painful than to get feedback after you have preached a message. So for this message, I chose my brother. And so I'm talking to my brother. Um, it happens to be Saturday night because he was kind of busy. And on Saturday night, before the Easter message, he gets on the phone and he says, I read your script. Um, it's all wrong. I'm like, excuse me? He's like, it's all wrong. I'm like, I hate you. He goes, the message is all wrong. It, it's, it's, too, uh, um, it's too people-centered. And he goes, this is the one message in the whole year where everyone expects it to be, and it needs to be about Jesus. <laughs> and I was so mad at him. I'm like, you're telling me this on Saturday night before the Easter message. I hate you, you know? But then I knew he was right. And so I'm not kidding you, at 11 p.m. Saturday night before Easter Sunday, I totally did an overhaul on the message. I changed the message. And on Easter Sunday, I got up, and to the best of my ability, I preached Christ, and I explained why he was crucified to pay for the penalty of our sins, period. That was the message. Everything was backing that. Now, right after the message, you know, preached that message. It was on point. And I felt great afterwards, you know, for five minutes. <laughs> and then these doubts kind of came in, which was like, you know, maybe it wasn't so great. Maybe no one received anything from this message. And then, you know, like, you know, yeah, like not a single person came up to me and I kind of roamed the fellowship hall like a ghost. And I was like, I, I was like praying and like, Lord, did I preach the right message? No, I'm not kidding you. I'm like praying and saying, God, did I preach the right message? A young adult comes up to me, gives me this great bear hug. Says, that was it. He said this. He said, that was it, Pastor Andrew. That was the message. He said, I'll be thinking about that for a long time. 
And it was as if God was giving me a love note saying, that's it. That's the message. Maybe no one will applaud you. But that's the message that my spirit will back up every time. If you want the power of God's spirit, then keep your message simple. Preach Christ. Last thing. Does this mean that we can never talk about different things from the pulpit or in God's word? Like, can we talk about racial justice or emotional health? Can we talk about the video game called Among Us? And the answer to that is yes, yes, and no, okay? Of course, we should talk about all things relevant. But ultimately, our dream, our dream for our church is that every time we teach the word of God in the pulpit or at home or one-on-one, or even when we pray, Wouldn't you love to be a part of the church that keeps the main thing on the main thing? It's about Jesus Christ, what he did, who he is, and how awesome he is. Because our message is Jesus and him crucified. Pastor Ben, take it away. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Um, a- a- amen to that. You know, and, and I definitely know what it means to get affirmation, especially getting that big hug from somebody. Man, I, I would really, really want that at the end of my sermon. But anyways, uh, let, let's go on. Verses 3, 4, and 5. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in power of God. Now, if you see in verse 3, we see Paul's transparency. Now, this word fear is translated into a word that means anxiety. It's like living with an anxiety to perform a certain duty. Now, if you ever had given a speech or to perform a role in a play of some sort, or an athlete getting ready for a race, you know what I'm talking about, right? There is this anxiety before a race. You you know you practiced it, you trained for it, and without a doubt, you're ready. But there's still this anxiety and preparation for performing your duty and as pastors you know uh, we go out on the pulpit uh, to give our messages we write it and we practice it millions of times and you have no idea how many times i practice you know this sermon but still there sets in this holy anxiety so then what was paul so anxious about that he shares with us his his weakness, because that's what he says. I am weak. I I am with you in my weakness. Now, in in getting a a better light of answering that question, we've got to go to 2 Corinthians 10.10. In 2 Corinthians 10.10, it says, For some say his letters are weighty and forceful, but in person he is impressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. Now, I don't know if you guys ever read this passage, but did you know that Apostle Paul wasn't a great speaker or a orator? Isn't it hard to believe that this great man of God, Apostle Paul, a founder of many churches and a great missionary, had an inferiority complex? 
which was his ability to communicate and to preach. You know, if, if he was to come and preach at our church, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many people would think, oh, wow, that's a great sermon, Paul, because he was boring. You know, when I was in seminary, I got introduced to a speaker by the name of Chuck Smith. Now, if you had ever heard him speak, man, this man was boring. He spoke in monotone. I mean, he had a great voice, but he kept repeating the same topic over and over and over again. And I remember we had, a, we had him guest speak at our seminary chapel a couple of times. And he literally, he, I mean, he literally put half of us to sleep. But do you guys know who Chuck Smith is or was? Because, you know, this great man of God has passed away uh, since uh, 2013. Chuck Smith is the founder of Calvary Chapel Movement. And now there is over 1,700 Calvary chapels all around the world. And, and over the years, pastors and theologians have asked Chuck Smith, Hey, Chuck, what is your secret? What, what is the secret of, of your Calvary Chapel movement? Because they all knew, all pastors and theologians knew that he wasn't a great speaker. And do you know what Chuck Smith says? Well, that's exactly what verse 4 says. Verse 4 says that in my speech and in my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. You see, the power of God is demonstrated by not of our eloquence or our wisdom, but by simplicity when we preach in him who crucified. In layman's term, what Paul is saying in verse 4 and what Chuck Smith says, he knew the secret sauce is that if you want the power of the Holy Spirit, you got to preach Jesus. And that's exactly what Chuck Smith has been doing for the rest of his life until you know, his death in 2013, that his one and only topic was to preach Jesus Christ, who was crucified and that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Yes, Paul's words were not outstanding or distinguished, nor his words were so philosophical to stimulate the Corinthian minds. Now, especially he had to witness in front of a group of people known as the sophists. That, that these sophists would gather together and they would love to think and they would love to argue the fine points in life in pursuit of the absolute truth. But even talking to the sophists, Paul says that he didn't rely on his charisma, his charms, his pedigrees, or his degrees. Nor did he sound or did he raise his voice to sound more distinguished and sound intellectuals. But simply, he just preached about Jesus Christ, who was crucified. He simply talked a plain and simple, you might say, a sheer, unstripped gospel of the crucified Savior on the cross. And, you know, he wasn't with great eloquence, nor with deep, provoking thoughts to woo the crowds. But he simply preached the simple message of the cross. But, you know, well, 
I feel there is a brand of Christianity today that would have asked Paul, what Christ needs today are shiny people, people with education, power, status, and flair. Otherwise, how are we going to be able to sell Jesus to the public and get America Christianized? You know, yes, I do believe that there are great numbers of people that who needs the explanation of a lengthy apologetics, where you have to talk to them about the worldview, then the evidence of Christ, the creations, and evidence of scriptures. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, we do need to present in some cases, but sometimes the best approach is with the basic approach, which is, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit, then just preach Jesus Christ. I mean, the person of Christ, the nature of Christ, the love of God, and if you face a roadblock, and you deal with it as the Holy Spirit leads us. Now, why why was this so important to Paul? Do you know why? Because the cross, Paul knew that the cross was what God had in mind from the beginning. Remember way back in the Garden of Eden? Now, think about this. No person on the face of the planet would ever conceive a philosophy as that of the gospel of Christianity. I mean, worldly principle says that, you know what, we are basically good and they fan the flame of this goodness and eventually all roads lead to God. And as long as if you're okay, if you are fine, then I'm fine too. But come on, think about this. But what men or women or a group of people or philosophers would dare to say, everybody is a sinner. By nature, not by choice. And there is this this depravity of human nature. And that you have to put your faith. And that's exactly what verse 5 is saying. That your faith should be not in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. That our faith, that, that, that your faith should be in this dead and risen Galilean Savior named Jesus. And this, which is the basis of the gospel, which is the revelation of God and the wisdom of God, because this was the only way that God could save the humankind. You know, I love it when David Platt puts it this way. That is what we, we are called, that when we are called, not simply in a certain point or to observe certain practices, but ultimately to cling on to the very person of Christ as itself. But do you know that the Corinthians were blinded to Christ who was crucified and to know what that meant? You see, the Corinthians, his death in this manner of was foolishness. Now, the, the word here, the, the Greek word here is called Maria, which literally means idiocy. 
And out of this Greek word comes the word moron. And this is how the Corinthians evaluated the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The idea of a world being saved, Christ crucified, was indeed a foolishness to those who are proud and boastful and who thought the wisdom of the world was vested in in them and not in Christ. But you know what? Think about this. But how different it is for us, for all of us, in simple faith, to know that Jesus, who was crucified, and to us, the Christ or the cross is the power of God and in the wisdom of God. You know, uh, Pastor Andrew is going to to finish off with one of his applications. So I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew. Hey, thanks, Ben. <clears throat> um, hey, Ben, I, uh, I shortened my application, so get ready. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let me go first. Um, so he, he, here's the deal, okay? Um, when you share Jesus with your parents, and you you make that decision. I'm going what the the very heart, the very substance of what I want to share with them is Jesus and him crucified. When when you make that decision and you and you go in, <laughs> you're like, Mom, Dad, can can we talk? <laughs> you know? Uh or or when 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 you share Jesus with your coworker. I don't know. Maybe you get like three minutes, you know, to do it. Um, or you're, you're sharing Jesus with your kids. And you make a decision. I, my, the very heart, the very substance is Christ and him crucified. When you do this, know this. The Holy Spirit will be there with power. I mean, remind yourself that. Hold on. I'm going to do it. And I'm going in with some fear and trembling, you know, but, but the Holy Spirit is going to be there with power. That, like, because that's the one message that the Holy Spirit loves to back up and bring home and just boom, you know? And, and by his sovereign grace, you just lean in by faith that he's going to come with power. And, uh, and we're talking about conviction power and transformation power. But um, that's what we want. And we dream of a church where we proclaim Christ and the Holy Spirit comes with tremendous power. Uh, church family, if you want to see the power of the Holy Spirit, then keep your message on point. Don't bury the headline. Preach Jesus. All right, Ben. You see how hard it is to come with an application because that wasn't the application that Andrew wrote on the script. You know, for me, um, as I wanted to conclude uh, today's uh, uh, message, I-, I thought in hard, uh, what would be something very, very applicable that all of us, all of you guys could really, really apply? You know, in 2017, um, I had a chance to visit one of the fastest growing church in Korea, in Chuncheon Hope Church. I think right now they're about 40,000 plus. 
And I've heard a lot of good things about this church, especially this church was all about transforming people's lives. Uh, People with different addicts came into the church and they left totally transformed. They they were experiencing the supernatural uh, regenerative power of God. And so with eagerness, I I, I went there and after the service, I I pushed my weight around. And, you know, I I got a lot of weight to push around to, to meet up with a pastor and to pick his brain and asking him, what's your secret? What is your secret, pastor? Did you pray like 24-7 or did you fast it for 40 days or did you have 24-7 worship services? What is that secret sauce? And this little tiny bald man looked at me with a smile and said, there's no secret. As you can see, I am not a gifted speaker. Nor do I pretend to be like, and he named a a great Korean pastor who was like Tim Caliber in in Korea. He he named him and said, I'm not like him. I I don't try to confuse people. But you know what? But what I do, I just simply teach about Jesus Christ and crucified. I mean, like I was kind of blown away, not because it was so revolutionary. It was something new, but it was something that I knew already. His secret and Paul's secret was so simple. If you want to see the power of the Holy Spirit, preach Jesus Christ. You know, some of us right now who are hearing God's word this morning, you know what, I, I feel like as if, you know what, um, I don't have the intellect like Pastor Calvin. Or, or do I have the heart and the passion like, you know, Caitlin to speak, let alone to witness to other people? Or some of us are maybe feeling or, or thinking, you know, what? I'm not worthy. I, I'm not qualified. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling ashamed I'm trembling with with anxiety, and we we could give all kinds of excuses. You know what? I'm not funny enough. I I don't have the jokes. I don't have really that kind of that communicative skills to present the gospel. But I want to leave you with with, um, Paul's affirmation in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, which says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvations to everyone who believes, first to the Jews and to the Gentiles. You see, all of us, all of us have the secret power that we need. We all have the secret sauce. The power of the Holy Spirit shows us, shows up, shows up when we lift up the name of Jesus. So you know what? Stay true. Stay focused because don't try to change the secret ingredient as we feel like it's not working or this is not what people are asking for or wanting to hear. This is too simple. I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough. I don't have the minds of Paul. Well, you see, when we lift up the name of Jesus in whom was crucified, then that's more power or enough power of the Holy Spirit to back us up 
because we are lifting that very name in Jesus. Let me repeat. You see, when we lift up the name of Jesus in whom was crucified, then that's more than enough for the power of the Holy Spirit to back us up because we are lifting that very name of Jesus. So next time, in your home groups, or at a restaurant, or, or at a Starbucks, and you have given that opportunity to preach about the gospel, don't be afraid. Don't feel the anxiousness because we all have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. When we preached Christ and that, that is enough for the power of the Holy Spirit to back us up. Amen? So let's pray. Father God, sometimes we feel we need more uh, of our intellects, charisma. We, we need jokes to really, really kind of present the gospel. And yet today you showed us that the name of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus is just enough. And Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus that through the 2021, would you allow our ministry to be filled with the power of God? Because every word, every sentence that, that comes out of my mouth is the name of Jesus. And Father God, I pray that with that, help us to declare that message, that not only to our cities, to our communities, but to the ends of the world. Father God, I thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, for communion, Pastor Calvin, back to you.